0: Hey, I'm excited to talk about the 55th annual Chicago International Film Festival, which is running through October 27th, 2019 at the AMC River East Theatres at 322 East Illinois Street. In this podcast, what I want to do is give an overview of some of the activities at the festival. So even if you've not attended or don't expect to attend, I think you'll get some good insight into this event and also learn about some films that you might want to see when they hit general release, or seek him out online or wherever you like to watch movies. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at chicagobroadcastingnetwork.com. By the way, if you need video production for your business or organization, check out renoweb.net. So, you know, I've been going to the Chicago International Film Festival for many years now. And I'm always excited to see uh, a lot of unusual films and films that uh, are in new release that ultimately show up in your local movie theaters. But you get to see them, you know, for the first time. The one that stands out in my mind right now is Slumdog Millionaire, which uh, premiered at the Chicago Film Festival a few years back. In this case, uh, I started out the week with uh, opening night Red Carpet featuring Chicago producer Gigi Pritzker and Chicago director Jennifer Reeder talking about the film festival overall and their films Motherless Brooklyn and Knives and Skin. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about each of those films. Motherless Brooklyn stars and is directed by Edward Norton. The blurb says Lionel Esrug, played by Edward Norton, A lonely private detective living with Tourette's syndrome ventures to solve the murder of his mentor and only friend, Frank Minna, played by Bruce Willis. Armed only with a few clues and the engine of his obsessive mind, Lionel unravels closely guarded secrets that hold the fate of New York in the balance. So this is kind of a a mystery that carries him from gin-soaked jazz clubs in Harlem to the hard-edged slums of Brooklyn. This is really the key piece of the film festival. It's the opening night movie, and of course it's uh, particularly exciting because of the fact that it is uh, starring Ed Norton and uh, directed by him as well. But you're going to hear more about that film from just about everybody who who talks about the festivals, so I won't go into it too much uh, further at this point. Jennifer Reeder's film... Knives and Skin is produced in and around Chicago. And the blurb for that says uh, In this mystical Twin Peaks teen noir, the disappearance of a high school student points to dark forces at work in a sleepy Illinois town. So, this is a kind of a, um, a horror mystery from, from what I've heard. And again, you'll be hearing a little bit more about that uh, from Jennifer herself as well as other people. After the opening night, my next day began with an early morning 10 o'clock special press viewing of a movie called Hogar, which means house or residence. In Spanish, the word Hogar, from what I understand, is is sort of like the word casa. But interestingly here, the movie's been translated with the English title Maternal. Once you see the movie, of course, you get the idea why. Uh, This is a movie that is... um, familiar on on a few levels inasmuch as it's a, it's a movie about a special hogar or home for pregnant teens and really looks at maternal love uh, through the eyes of three different characters uh one character the main character Lou is uh she's a very angry individual and uh really pretty much in denial about her situation Her maternal instincts towards her daughter are, um, let's say, not very well developed. And this is contrasted by her good friend Fatima, who is really sort of taking the lesson, uh, the lessons that she's picking up here in the Hogar from the nuns that run the establishment, and really beginning to see that she needs to change her life and that she needs to take steps to to make a better life for herself and her children the third character is um, a young novitiate who has not yet taken her vows Uh, that's uh, sister paula and uh, she comes in sort of as a wide-eyed innocent and um Probably ready to save the world and 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 help these mothers and so on, and finds that you know this is a pretty difficult task these are there's a lot of sort of damaged individuals, people who have a variety of needs. When she finds herself up against uh, the situation with Lou and and Lou's um, apparent neglect of her daughter, sister Paula steps in and starts to sort of take over the the maternal role. And this is sort of where this story goes. I I plan to do a full review of of this movie, so I won't go any further into it. But it definitely was a a very well-acted movie with very strong character roles and definitely worth taking a look at. About an hour later after I saw that movie was The 20th Century. Uh, That movie, to me, is uh, on the verge of indescribable. I kind of call it Monty Python meets Dr. Terwilliker. It's it's sort of visually, well, it is visually bizarre. The story itself is um, unusual. And I have to say that it was, um, that I was pretty tired when I watched this movie and, and I sort of had the feeling like, you know, am I having a dream or is this an actual movie? Uh, that being said, it definitely is, it was enjoyable. It definitely was uh, something that I appreciated seeing. Great visuals, really outlandish story that takes place in Canada and has a lot of what I assume are inside jokes for Canadians. And I have a feeling if you're Canadian, you would find this movie absolutely hysterical. I thought it was was very funny and very um, uh, very enjoyable, but probably really miss the depth of some of these jokes. The blurb uh, in the catalog for the film festival says uh, that that this is an outrageously weird and funny faux historical drama about the rise of Canadian Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie Keane in the 1920s, reimagined as some kind of Dolly-esque fever dream by way of Monty Python. But you can take that as you will. Um, but I will say that I... Recommend both of these two movies that that I saw, um, Hogar and The 20th Century, um, as a solid two eyeballs on my four-eyeball scale. That is that, you know, these are movies that you're probably not going to find in a mainstream movie theater anytime soon. Perfect film festival movies because they're unusual, well-made, and enjoyable, but probably not created for a mainstream audience now of course this is chicagobroadcastingnetwork.com and so it's really important to us that we have a chicago spin on the podcasts and articles and and blog posts that we create because we're all about chicago and of course we're we're covering the chicago international film festival because as a as a chicago event i mean it deserves to be covered just for that But in addition to that, i like to sort of see where there's a Chicago spin in terms of what's happening at the festival or at any event that we cover. And in this case, there are a number of films at the festival that either have Chicago themes or were produced in Chicago. Uh, These include a documentary, uh, The First Rainbow Coalition, which uh, I am planning to see and will probably comment on in a later podcast. Uh, There's two horror movies, one called The Girl on the Third Floor and the other one is called Knives and Skin, both uh, produced in Chicago, as well as Hala, The New Bauhaus, and The Torch, which is directed by Jim Farrell about Chicago blues legend Buddy Guy. And I'm sure that's one that we're going to see around town quite a bit after the festival. My good friend, storyteller, and radio personality Joanne Showhot offered to record a brief introduction to the film festival, which we recorded in the festival lobby. Uh, Joanne offers uh, tips on where to park and how to take public transportation, as well as how she picks her movies and some of the films she chose this year. So let's take a listen to Joanne Shohat and her Chicago Film Festival tips.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Joanne Showhot. Uh, This is my fourth year of attending Chicago's International Film Festival, and I'm delighted to share with you some tips, especially if you're somebody who always wanted to attend but felt like it was too intimidating to just show up and go to movies that you knew nothing about. So, um, what I'd like to do today is cover two main things. One is transportation to get here and selecting the movies for yourself and then, you know, getting the tickets. Okay? So let's talk about transportation first. So let's start with where we are. We're at the AMC River East 21 Theater Complex at 322 East Illinois Street in Chicago, Illinois. There's 21 theaters here. So once you arrive here, your travel decisions are over all your movies are in this one complex. You know, yay, you've arrived, okay? So if you decide to take a car, your big thing is going to be where to park the car. AMC has a uh, parking garage connected with it immediately to the west of the theater entrance. Uh, It's tight, so you might want to leave your Cadillac Escalade and your Hummer at home, Uh, but uh, if you got a Fiat, It's perfect. Once you park, make sure you take that parking ticket with you because there's validated parking in the uh, festival itself. You'll want to get the validation before you see the movie. The validation is discount parking. So uh, if you're going to be here for a long time, like for eight hours or more, you want to have your validation completed at the festival information desk that's immediately next to the box office. If it's four hours or less, you go to guest services on the third floor. If you exceed your validation period, you'll have to pay the full freight for parking. Now, a little birdie told me that Spot Hero is a great resource for finding some inexpensive parking. So I think that's the most complicated part of this whole process. I like to take public transportation here. And my tip to you is to go online to transitchicago.com. That's transitchicago.com. And you can get turn-by-turn directions from your point of origin, home or wherever, to 322 East Illinois Street. They'll tell you exactly what bus or what L train to take. It also has RTA directions. Anyway, uh, what I'll do is move on to uh, how you get your tickets. Now there's something very new this year that I'm delighted to share with you that if you order your tickets online, there's no additional charge to the cost, face cost of the ticket. You can buy the, the tickets online at the face cost of the ticket even using your credit card. So that makes it very handy. Uh, But I think the big thing is, how do you select the movies that you're going to watch? So this is what I do. This is one approach, and that certainly isn't the answer to everyone's issue. First I look at my personal calendar to see what days and times I'm going to be here at the AMC. I like to use the paper catalog, and I find the schedule in there for the days and the times that I can make it. On a separate piece of paper I write down every single movie title that works with my availability. And then I go back to the paper catalog and I look up the description of every one of those movies. Now this is probably a nerdy thing to do, but what I do is I rate those movies based on those descriptions on a scale of zero through three. Zero through three, here's my... and I put it on an Excel spreadsheet. Three means try to see this movie at all costs. Two is this is a fill-in movie if there's not enough threes. Zero is avoid this movie. So uh, what I do is rate all those movies, and then I can sort my my sheet according to ratings and time of day, and then I fill in my final schedule that has all the movies I'm going to see and what the times are and their titles. So here's how I decide my personal my personal criteria. If the phrase coming-of-age is in there, like as a coming-of-age movie, it gets a zero. I don't want a coming-of-age movie. I lived through it once, I lived through it two more times with my kids, that's enough pain. Okay. But now if it's a movie from the East Block, that's gonna be a three. I like those movies. So you'll have your own criteria on that. Uh, last year when I came uh, to the movie theater, I brought a friend with me who said, just pick out whatever movies you want to see. So I picked them out, and as we're going through the list at the show, he looks at the list and says, these are all from the East Block. Like, he's surprised. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this Friday I'm planning on seeing initials SG. It's a comedy involving a series of unfortunate events with a guy in anger management staged in Argentina. And, uh, and then Whistlers, it's, um, it's a bunch of corrupt cops who've learned this aborigine whistling language from the Canary Islands, and that's how they're communicating with each other. And, of course, it's set in Romania. So it should be good. <laughs> There's a movie called Out of Tune. It has to do with singers, and I have an interest in music, so I thought that would be something to take a look at. I think it's some convicts who are, are involved with some kind of musical production. <laughs> How about that? Those Who Remain is um, a story about survivors from the Holocaust and the last movie I'm going to see is Oleg because it's from Poland. Well, it's important because my roots, my heritage and you know ancestral roots are there and I feel an affinity toward those folks when I see those movies. You can find all this information online at chicagofilmfestival.com and you can make your selections there. It's a great night out. I have found that the foreign movies are extremely well done, so it is worth your time to see these foreign films and uh, see what other people on the face of the earth have to offer.
0: All I can do is say thanks to Joanne. For those great ideas, you know, actually, I think I get credit for having introduced her to the film festival several years ago when I gave her a call and said, hey, why don't you come and see a couple of films with me? And uh, she she met up with me and we saw some together. And now here she is, an avid Chicago Film Festival participant and correspondent. To sort of expand on on some of the tips that uh, Joanne gave, I'll just briefly say that actually I I pick my movies quite similarly, which is that I go through the festival catalog, I draw a circle around the ones that look like they're of interest to me, then I go back and look at the the schedule and see what uh, options there are in terms of when those films are playing. I tend to pick afternoon films because I have a flexible schedule. They are by the way, well by the way discounted in the afternoon. You can usually get a better price on them. And then once I figure out the times and dates that that I plan to attend, then I make a little schedule for myself and and follow that schedule. Uh, by the way, as far as buying tickets, you can, of course, as Joanne indicated, you can buy tickets online. Or you can go down to the box office uh, at uh, AMC. They they set up a separate box office on the side for the film festival. And you can just go with your catalog and say, here's the 10 or 12 or 15 films that I want to see. And by the way, I like to say that... the. F- the fun of going to uh, any film festival, certainly the Chicago International Film Festival, but any film festival, is the sort of crazy idea of seeing three or four or five films all in one day. Three is usually pretty good. Uh, when you see more than three, your eyes are going to start getting a little uh, crazy and you're going to wonder what day it is and where you are. But uh, seeing three films in a day I find to be pretty um, manageable and, and it's it adds to that fun of, being at the festival and and being able to immerse yourself in in a number of different experiences the final segment of this podcast is going to be a recording i did at the festival opening night with connie corcoran wilson who's the author of it came from the 70s from the godfather to apocalypse now and she's a movie reviewer for themovieblog.com Connie is a very experienced movie reviewer and does a really great job of fairly quickly going over a number of films that she had a chance to preview as well as talk about some of the films that she's planning to see at the festival. So let's, uh, let's take a listen to Connie Corcoran Wilson and her overview of the Chicago International Film Festival.
2: Hi, I'm Connie Wilson. I'm here in Chicago at the AMC Theater for the 55th Chicago International Film Festival, which I have covered, I think, every year since 1999. And more impressively, I've been writing uh, film reviews since 1970, uninterruptedly. Plug for my book. It came from the 70s, (laughs) from the Godfather to Apocalypse Now. At any rate, I'm here now because the film festival kicks off tonight. They'll have a red carpet shortly at 6. And I will be there watching all the celebrities who may or may not appear for Motherless Brooklyn, which is based on the Jonathan Latham book and was my favorite book for at least 10 years and is going to be brought to the screen by Ed Norton, the actor and now director, Uh, co-star Bruce Willis. So I'm looking forward to that. And then following that will be a Zombieland double tap that all of you have been seeing advertised on your TV, I'm sure, with Woody Harrelson and the gang back to give us zombies abroad in the land. But on uh, another level, I've actually seen about six films because they let us see them early, and that's always fun. And I want to recommend an Iranian film, Just 6.5, which deals with drug amount. It's a fantastic opener, eight minutes of pure adrenaline. Uh, Best opening I've seen since a movie called Shallow Grave many, many years ago. Um, I also have seen Mercy, or excuse me, Clemency. There is another film called Mercy, but this one was Clemency, Alfred Woodard. She is the warden, female, black prison warden, and has to preside over the execution of not one but two inmates. That's a take a lot of booze for that one. (laughs) That one's a a bit of a, you know, tough go, but it won at Sundance. It was a big favorite at Sundance. And um, I saw The Whistlers, which is going to be the official Czech Republic entry for the Academy Awards. Uh, Very strange movie about learning a obscure aborigine whistling <laughs> whistling language so that crooks can communicate. Um, I wasn't as high on it as as the others were or seemed to be. Uh, it was okay and I did watch an hour of interviews because uh, it played con and I, I watched the uh, director talking about it and how he came up with this bizarre idea. And it is it's a pretty bizarre film overall. A little hard to follow but well done. Uh, another one I've seen. Uh, this I really liked. I'm not sure whether I liked the ending, but it's a beautifully professionally done film from South Africa for horror buffs. And it is called Eight, but they had to add a colon, a South African horror tale. They they couldn't just call it Eight, which was their goal. Um, it's just such beautiful cinematography. That's really the best part. Um, the plot, kind of one of those... Um, You've seen before about someone who has to go around stealing the souls of others for, for their misdeeds. Okay, but just beautiful cinematography, very good acting from the lead, uh, who is an African villager in the in the film. Uh, female lead's not quite as strong, but a little girl named Mary, plot name. Uh, she's very pretty little girl. Could have been a little stronger in her. Uh, acting, but I, I read it was her very first film, and certainly it's a lovely film. Very, very professional. And there's going to be a Chicago horror movie called uh, Girl on the Third Floor. Now, that one I have not seen, but it's all Chicago people, and uh, they're floating around and available for interviews, and I'll be seeing that one late at night. Uh, I think tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. They start at like 10:30, 11 at night. Uh, others on my list ford versus ferrari i'm sure you are aware of the uh, ads running with christian bale and matt damon this is how ford wanted to go up against ferrari and challenge them in the uh, racing world good good idea um ordinary love i'm going to see this is for the four we old folks it's liam neeson in a love story and i i couldn't resist uh jojo rabbit is they've added another showing Uh, Jojo Rabbit was uh, the audience favorite in Toronto. So I guess it's received so much... Uh, interest that that one and the one called Knives Out have had extra uh, films added. Knives Out is a, an homage to the Agatha Christie murder mysteries. Everyone is gathered in the room, and who killed the father of the clan? That that sort of thing. Lots of big names in it. Daniel Craig is the inspector. All kinds of other people that are suspects in this murder. Um, I'm looking forward, I saw already Foreman versus Foreman, I was looking forward to it because it's all about Milos Foreman, it's a documentary. Um, It was 78 minutes, and minutes spent well, I didn't know most of what I learned about Milos Foreman, Um, was not aware of his rather tragic past, Um, and I enjoyed it, it was pretty good. I would recommend that one as well if you like documentaries. Um, Later in the week I've been told that love child is a good one haven't seen it but I'm looking forward to it and uh, I will be taking on the Seberg one don't know about that one but Jean Seberg was from Marshalltown Iowa we all probably if we're old enough we remember that she was selected in a huge talent search to play Joan of Arc and then life went into the jumper after that I think she had a very untimely end and it was sad and it, 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 there's a big story behind uh, the name um, beyond that I'm going to see whether I can make it through the entire run of the Irishman three hours and 40 minutes <laughs> that one could be a little rough It's going to be on Netflix almost immediately in November, so uh, the smart thing probably would have been to wait, but I'm going to try to sit through all the way through The Irishman, unless I leave to see Vast of Night, which looked really good, about mysterious uh, signals coming over the radio and All of the people in it are going to investigate, and that one is going to interrupt the end of The Irishman, so there'll be a decision made then. Uh, The Apollo, they'll be showing the Apollo to jury members and critics uh, one morning coming up, and I'm looking forward to the Apollo, which is about the Apollo in Harlem. Others I am looking forward to but haven't seen. Marriage Story, that's supposed to be a big one for the Oscars, Uh, and it is, as its name suggests, about a marriage coming apart under the uh, influence of pressure with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. Uh, and I will be trying to see if I can find anything more out about um, several films that I've requested screeners for. The screeners I have actually seen would include the, the South African Horror Story, as mentioned, and which is good. I got a little bit of a jump on that one. And, of course, uh, Clemency. Um, There is another one uh, that is going to be playing, which I will be taking in, called Just Mercy. So, uh, excuse me when I get these mixed up, but every year there's one word that repeats. It's either mercy or justice or knives, and then there's ten films with this word in the title. Just Mercy, I believe, is uh, the Jamie Foxx one, and uh, the new hot star off of, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan is going to be trying to get... Jamie out of prison for the crime he has supposedly committed probably has not committed Um, another one I'm going to take in which may or may not be good but I plan to see uh, a thief's daughter that's a foreign film 102 minutes looked interesting and the write-up was interesting So if you're interested in seeing or hearing any of my reviews, you can go to my blog, which is weeklywilson.com, or you can also look on themovieblog.com. Thank you for tuning in, and I would say get down here and get some tickets.
0: So as I said, this podcast is part one from the Chicago International Film Festival. We're planning an end-of-festival podcast next week where we will talk about uh, what we saw and how things went in general, and I uh, plan to have uh, Connie and Joanne back with me for that podcast. Uh, keep in mind, as I mentioned before, that many of these films will be available in theaters soon on Netflix, uh, through various entities on Roku, or wherever you like to view films. So even if you miss them at the festival, you can still find most of them someplace and check them out for yourself. So this is Reno Loveson, executive producer and regular theater reviewer at chicagobroadcastingnetwork.com, and now first-time official movie reviewer covering the Chicago International Film Festival. Go to our website to see some of our video coverage, and be sure to subscribe if you want to be notified when new content is added. And always, if you need video production for your business or organization, check out renoweb.net. Hey, thanks to Steve Solomon for the use of Foster Avenue Beach as our theme song.
2: are okay. going home.